Hey everybody, it's Stuart Thompson. I wanted to let you know that I have a brand new comedy album out now. Yes, now. It's called Dandy Man from Radland Records. And you can get it anywhere that you get your albums, including Apple Music, Amazon, Pandora, Spotify, Tidal, and YouTube. I hope you listen to it and I hope you really enjoy it. You can get it anywhere you get your albums. Just look up Stuart Thompson, that's S-T-U-A-R-T, and Dandy Man is the name of the album. Hope you enjoy it. Welcome everyone to the Late Night Podcast with Stuart and Luke. I'm Stuart Thompson. I'm not. That's Luke Schwartz. Uh, we got a great episode coming your way with Rachel Wolfson. She's a comedian. Oh, yeah. she, she's a marijuana activist. Uh, and uh, she hates the I-word, so we'll get into that a little bit. Uh, so enjoy that episode. Really great conversation. Um, if you like us, uh, we appreciate it. Uh, we're thankful for you. Thanksgiving was last week. Uh, and uh, Hey, Stuart, us. how are you? Are you okay? You seem a little... You're, you're going at a mile a minute there. You're getting the business out of the way, I know, but I just want you to take a breath and say, Hi, how's it going? Hi, Luke. Hi. Okay. Feeling good? I'm feeling good enough. Thank you, Stuart. How are you? I'm hanging. Good. Where can they follow us on... on? They can follow you on TikTok, which is kind of crazy. Yes, they can follow me on all the socials at Stuart B. Thompson, and they can follow us at The L.A. Night Show. The Late, Late Night, Night Show. Show. On Twitter and What Instagram. are you watching on TikTok now? What's uh, been going on? What have I been seeing on TikTok? A lot... I don't spend as much time watching tiktok videos because i will get sucked in for like two hours even if i want to just be on it for 10 minutes i see um but uh i've been getting uh, that's too dangerous you that's a dilemma you know of the social variety i would say yes i Uh, mean wow but i've been getting uh skincare uh recommendations on tiktok Mm -hmm. um i've been listening to the occasional like political diatribe here and there um, I do get the, uh, some people who've like experienced certain disorders and they're talking about like, oh, these are some symptoms that I noticed. Maybe this could help you. And, uh, oh, I see. And the skincare yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Or with just like, sure. you know, mental or physical stuff. Oh, um, okay. Even just general medicine. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so I don't go to my doctor anymore. Dr. TikTok, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Talk. Uh, my friends call me tick, but mm-hmm. <laughs> You can call me Dr. in the office. Talk. Call me yeah. Doctor Talk. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, I it used to be a lot of like before the election it was a lot of like uh, people of color talking about like you know how they can you know what their what can be better in their communities and like why the you know the media is not co- covering this thing what how how okay. it is but um, yeah uh, most of it's just TikToks that Anna sends me because she's been getting caught up. <laughs> in it a lot lately she's doing a two-hour stretch sometimes yeah i totally. had to put i, put I a understand limit. yeah i put a limit on my phone so like it 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 closes the app for me if i if i'm on too long that's pretty cool i got sucked down i'm still on facebook and boy oh boy it is it's fun over there they're just having fun over on facebook <laughs> i tell you what how's the comment uh, section the comment section is alive you know mm-hmm. it is the holidays Oh, and yeah. It's, it is. And people are posting stuff all the time. And there are videos forever 
I got into a, a just a, a hole of just watching like poker and skateboarding and slam dunk video. Like it's just it's just curated to my stupid twelve year old brain. Yeah. That like I can watch forever. Yeah. I do love a, a DIY project that goes well that gets mm-hmm. showcased on TikTok because I think like, we've talked about this before. Those videos of the slow, of the the fast motion building of some primitive like hut or oh yeah pool or like a log cabin, like like the guy in Southeast Asia that like just digs in the ground with bamboo and makes a like a two story th- like amazing yeah. pool. Yeah, it's wild. Very cool. Uh, Excuse me. (laughs) Thank you for Ah. covering your mouth. Uh, Well, speaking Mm -hmm. of uh, the comment section, I wanted to show you something. So um, uh, Nicole and I were walking around the building and we saw this um, X. She pointed out this great uh, note that was posted on the window of another tenant's uh, apartment. So it so it's titled uh, to the tenants of 334. Okay. I just want to say I'm getting a little drink of water cuz my throat's dry and I am going to be as quiet as I can about it. So if any listener hears that, I just I'm sorry. I just I, I want you to know that. Okay. Uh Stuart and, and if it's going to make me do a spit take that that's just too much. My my little throat is dry and I'm going to hear the story. Okay, go. Okay, so here is the message from uh It says it's from apartment 234 to the tenants of 334. You three from apartment 334. We know that they, you many allies to tell you that we post notices. Oh, coming in hot. (laughs) We enter the seventh month with the disgrace of having you as neighbors above. You were hiding since last Friday when the police came the first time. Why do you hide if you have nothing to hide? Fair point. Damn you. (laughs) (laughs) How is damn spelled? Damn is spelled correctly. D-A-M-N. But it's all caps. This is the all caps word. Is you you spelled out as well? You is also spelled out. But but a lot of these have ellipses, like a lot of dot, dot, dots. Some of them have four dots, which I'm not a fan of. But it's like there's a lot of weird spacing here. Four dots is emphasis. Damn you. When are you leaving us alone? Uh, not alone. Good. Your your nope. problem is that we know that you do drugs. Five dots. Your problem. And you want us out of the building. Okay. Yeah. Yes. There is a lot of unoccupied apartments, but we are not interested in living here. So you, you with your whistle and energy, uh-huh. me with my screams... You, yes. you make your drug and live like rats in the dark. That's yeah. your habit. Okay. <laughs> this feels like... This is all very... You know, if I was doing drugs in that apartment, I would want these people out of the building, yeah, too. It, it's, this would ruin your high. Yeah, totally. Really a buzzkill. This sounds like Edgar Allan Poe if he got hit in the head. <laughs> uh, it's dark. Your habitation is of darkness. Vice, mm-hmm. hypocrisy, falsehood. Mm-hmm. You tell them smell. Bad smell. <laughs> That's you. That's like a little kid would <laughs> yeah. say. That's you. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Maybe a kid wrote this. We are clarity and honesty. We Good. we already said that we didn't do not fit in the same part. 
Okay. Wow. That is exclusionary. (laughs) But we don't fear you with your dirty activities. And that's why we will be until we leave this damn dirty building. And of people like you, rats with drugs. Rats. (laughs) You rats. Uh, Neighbors do not think they really know you. You are not worth it or as enemies. You are pests. (laughs) Sincerely, Apartment 3334. Pests? Pests. Like there's pest control. Yes. Pest. Yeah, like many pests. Wow. So that is uh, what's going on in apartment 334 and yeah. apartment 234. I, I'm going to leave the same note on my wife's, <laughs> uh, on our bedroom door and just be like, who put this I'll up? Send, That's crazy. I'll send you a copy. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Um, yeah, so I may I may post that on, on social media if you, you want to check that out. That's fine. Yeah, post it on our Twitter or Instagram and see if anyone even gets yeah. it. Um, yeah, so you can follow us. Um, speaking of getting it, <laughs> uh, our, our guest gets it. Uh, it's, uh, we had yeah. a really lovely talk with Rachel Wolfson. She's fantastic. So enjoy this episode, you guys. Yes, enjoy what the fuckers. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, we're so excited to talk to someone that I haven't seen in so long, uh, and someone who I would <laughs> see all the time uh, doing we, stand-up. We talk all the time, Stuart. Uh, I was not talking about you, Luke. I was referring to our guest. It's Rachel Wolfson. Uh, <laughs> it is really nice to see you. How are you? It's nice to see you guys. Hello, Although Rachel. Although not, not in real life. And Luke. <laughs> yes. Not in real life. What? This is, this is real life. I mean, this now. Is, we're cybering. We're cybering. But... Yes, cybering. Wow. What was your AOL AIM screen name? I'm so glad you asked this. Um, it was Miss Bibala 05 because <laughs> I was a gangster and also a basketball player. Mm-hmm. And 05 was when I was going to graduate high school, which now I'm like, that is such an ancient number. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was oh 06, God. so I'm a spring chicken compared to you. Oh, wow. Yeah. What was your guys' screen names? I did not Oof. have AIM. Uh, I the first social media thing that I got was uh, I got a MySpace, and that was in 06, and I got it because I was running for class president, and my buddy Andrew said, you got to get a MySpace. It's how you'll connect with your fellow students. That's like my mom telling me I need a website if I'm a comedian. That's hilarious. Yeah. You are arguably the first political candidate to use social media. <laughs> Fuck what they say about Obama. Yeah, my name was yeah, at, my name was at real Stuart Thompson. It was <laughs> it was uh it was really incendiary stuff. Um, what was I? I'm trying to remember. I think it was Basil in the Dark. I was <laughs> that because I was I liked Faulty Towers, and then it was just in the dark. I don't know. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Remember away messages? Like, those were basically Facebook statuses. Yes. My away message, though, was a sham all the time because when when wasn't I on that damn machine, you know? yeah, I've. Uh, it's amazing how revealing all, all that um, those those screen names are, though. You you just find. Mm-hmm. I, I think I was worried about. I, I either didn't get aim, or I. I think the reason was I was. I probably any friends that I really Let's wanted dive to deep contact. Into this. Any any of those ones that I wanted to contact, I would just call, or I would. They lived close enough by that I could just see them, so that I. For me, that I guess that was enough. You just show up at people's 
houses. Or I call them and say, like, hey, you want to go hang out? And it's a 15-year-old showing up at <laughs> someone's <laughs> house is, is weird. <laughs> Unless it's Stuart, I guess. Like, oh, that Stuart kid is doing his thing again. Hey, hey, Mrs. Harvey, you want can can Andrew come out to play? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's about right. Um, but yeah, I, my, my town was so small, it was like it was pretty easy to get to everyone's house. How small was it? It was so small, it was two square miles. Uh, really? Yeah. It was very hilly though, so it felt like everything was farther away. Wow. Mm. No wonder you didn't have any. Uh, you didn't need a, a screen name. Yeah. You could just yell out your door <laughs> yeah. in yeah. town. That's a that's a scream name. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My scream name was. Uh, um, yeah. Where'd you grow up, Rachel? Las Vegas. Oh, I oh I remember. Heard you, of it? I remember you you said that in your stand up. That's ringing a bell. Okay. Spin City, they call it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The city of spins. Yes. Yeah. And are are you um are you. Keep you like the slot machines, or what's your favorite? <laughs> what's your favorite game? Uh, I like blackjack. That's probably mm. because it's the only one I know how to play. Yeah, can't go over twenty-one, otherwise that's bad. Exactly. Right. Yeah. You know, not great with numbers. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I'm not really a. I'm not. I, I know it looks like I'm a big gambler. <laughs> I take a lot of, but I, despite what you think, I'm not. I don't gamble yeah most of the people i know from las vegas are very divorced from that the the strip culture of well everyone they're I also know, divorced that's, yeah. that a is huge... probably wise yeah <laughs> everyone from new york constantly visits visits the statue of liberty so i get i yeah. i don't know why <laughs> yeah and every yeah. every san franciscan i know uh is from fisherman's at Wharf. the golden gate <laughs> at the golden gate bridge right now yeah, yeah. just exactly um what did you what is something that uh, people might not know about Vegas that um, you as a local, as a homegrown person, would want to show them, like, if you were visiting? Um, let's see. Uh, probably where Tupac died. I don't know. No. <laughs> um, I'm like, here's the intersection where uh, Tupac got shot. Um, wow. That's actually, there is, it's off Koval Lane. Okay. It, on, uh, on the strip, it's there, you can actually visit the intersection. But on um, a more, I guess, nature note, <laughs> I would take, them, take you guys or whoever to uh, hike Red Rock Canyon probably. There's a couple spots. I actually just gave um, Feng Chow a recommendation to go hike uh, this place called Calico Basin. Okay, go take a hike. Got it. <laughs> and, uh, well, I mean, I think everyone just sees Vegas as the strip, which it mainly is. But uh, growing up there, there's a lot of outdoor things to do. Um, you know, like, that's a place in Vegas where you won't spend money. You can just show up and have a good time yeah so i i got to do that little that l driving loop through red rocks uh one mm -hmm. time when i visited and it was fantastic i um yeah got out a couple you feel times. like you're on another planet yeah it really feels like um the surface of mars totally. what's what's with zizix oh i love zizix okay that i don't know what much. is that i don't know i think it's like that's a native american a lot of like of those small towns in between. It's spelled Z Z Y Y X Z Z Y Y X X. Yeah, Zizix. Um, I I always love driving past that sign. I almost want to get a Zizix tattoo. Her name's something Zizix, 
Um, I don't know who who the Zizixes are. Um, <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> seem they're... like a name. It you know in any language. I I don't know. Um, it just seems like someone did a bunch of cocaine and was like, "What should we name this town?" And they meant to <laughs> X Y Z. This is X Y Z, and then it's Zizix. Z Z Y Y X X. Yeah, I that's one of my favorite signs to drive past and see. I also like on the five you drive past Button Willow McKittrick. I've never seen that one. Oh, I I know Button Willow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so whenever when I was this is. Kind of, it's couched in a nerdy is story. Is it going to be a good story? I think so. Is Luke. it going to be a good story? It was always a, it, quick story. It was always a stop. Uh, we'll see. When I was in marching band in college, we would always come down to Los Angeles because we would play against UCLA or USC. And on the way back, uh, we would always stop in Buttonwillow. Uh, and there was always, uh, actually both ways we'd stop in Buttonwillow because there was always a bathroom that someone needed and there were enough places for people to go and get food. And they always had the best one of my favorite taco trucks is in Button Willow next to a gas station, and it seems unassuming, but it's fantastic. And it's a nice little um, lazy stop on the way up to uh, Northern California. What I've noticed is all the best taco trucks are Four usually... Four out of ten for that story. I'm oh. sorry. All right. Are usually at a gas station or next to adjacent. Yeah, I think it's the the one that seems the is least. Is it the fumes? I think or <laughs> yeah, everyone's it lightheaded. It, it makes it better. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's it mm. activates something in the lard that goes into every mm. uh, taco that makes it mm-hmm. uh, that much more excellent. Yeah, the most unassuming places can be uh, the best spots, and that's kind of what I was asking you about. You know, what's something that's you know off the beaten path in Vegas? Because I think everyone is so drawn to such a. Um, the the shiny lights and the the strip yeah mm-hmm. I'm still trying to find I mean I know why people live there long term but really once you take away the strip it's very much like that small town feel there's mm-hmm. not that much to do I guess did you want to I get out a lot quick? Of... yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah it that, it seems like a place to want to exit there and I did I did I left when I was seventeen oh wow so okay. Yeah. Where'd you go? Um, well, my senior year, I got sent to a lockdown in Utah, like a, um, a therapeutic boarding school type facility. Mm-hmm. Although I don't, it's not like a fun boarding school. It's like there's bars on the windows mm-hmm. and like, you know, everyone. Now this is, is a like, story. Stuart, pay attention. I'm, this I'm is this danger. <laughs> I'm here to learn. And <laughs> So yeah, when I was 17, I was there. Uh, it was in a town called Provo, Utah, which is obviously like heavily Mormon, shockingly. Um, but it was a boarding school. It wasn't a Mormon boarding school, but it was ran all by Mormons. Mm-hmm. And I was there for 13 months. So that's where I turned 18 mm. um, and had my basically my senior year of high school. And I ended up graduating from this lockdown. And then I um, went from Utah to Vermont for um, uh, undergrad. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's... Which undergrad? Um, it's a very small school called Landmark College. It's a liberal arts um, two-year school in a small town Put- called Putney. Putney, oh. Vermont. It sounds, very, it sounds very adorable. Like, all of that, like, it's... It, it also, <laughs> everything in Vermont seems like it's an adorable little, like, Hummel figurine of a place. It's adorable until there's like 22 inches of snow on the first day of school, which also happens to be your birthday. And you're like, I'm not going <laughs> yeah. to the first day of college, which is 
um, which is I didn't go to my first day of school. Mm. Yeah. You said undergrad. Did you go to postgrad or, yeah, or after, graduate rather? Not postgrad. Um, so I, I lived basically, I left home when I was 17 and ended up going to, moving to Utah, then to Vermont and basically doing the whole Eastern seaboard for college because I, um, I graduated from the two year and then I transferred to American University in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I was there for like a year after I decided that um, D.C. is just Hollywood for ugly people, essentially. Like, poli- it's just <laughs> it really is. politics there. <laughs> is, yeah. It re- it's like, Drain okay, the swamp, you know, because those are swamp creatures, those uggos. It, and they care so much about politics like you know how people here here it's like all about how it's the same way there but with politicians and i'm like i just don't care enough about these people who are mm-hmm. so out of touch um and so i ended up leaving dc after a year and a half and then i transferred down to the great state of florida where mm-hmm. all the best people come from heard of it yeah <laughs> yeah and so I finished up school down there and I ended up getting a master's in um, communication, which um, sounds dumb now that I say it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's like, I mean, if you learn something, then that's, that's what it is, right? It's like, that's what it's for. Um, Did you feel like you learned something? Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, what, you know, after this whole year with like everything going into lockdown and seeing all these kids have to do Zoom school, which I know for a fact, I would have been kicked out of Zoom school if I was a kid, like my principal would have had to tell my mom, like she can't come back to the inner, she can't come back to the website anymore. But um, I just think that whole, the whole social ex- um, experience of moving away from your town, like I moved literally across the country mm-hmm. um, and being around all different kinds of people from all different backgrounds and walks of life was so much more valuable to me than a lot of the sit down education. I think that I, had received yeah but yeah i mean the experiences the social experiences were all very helpful i think or important yeah yeah how do you that sounds very much like an education that would be great for like being becoming a comedian because it's like you kind of you kind of get you can kind of size people up i feel like luke and i uh, got a lot of that education just like being door guys at a comedy club like dude i'm cool as hell yeah okay it's well i knew what was going on all right. Well, it's it is your right in a sense because like Matt, obviously my boyfriend Matt Edgar, who's a name Canadian, drop, <laughs> friend name of the drop. show, <laughs> friend of the show. No, he you know he literally I think went to one or two days of community college and then drove to the comedy store and then shortly after started working there mm-hmm. as a door guy and that he was there you know for so many years mm-hmm. and that the comedy store reminds me a lot of that college experience and. Um, at least the social end of things, mm-hmm. and you Stuart do learn a lot. Yeah, Stuart won't stop you, mentioning how the comedy store is like graduate his graduate school. I mean, that, that that's well, how it felt for me. You have to learn. You have to learn how to interact with all different kinds of people, mm-hmm. which is basically what college is. I think. Yeah, and you have to be um, you have to be willing to learn. If you love what you do, you work all the time. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have, uh, I think a lot of people have to be open to seeing that. You know, if you if you can go into mm-hmm. something with your eyes and your and your heart open, it you can actually pick up some of that stuff. Because mm. you know whether it's <laughs> whether it's whether it's college or the or the store or any or comedy club. Because I think when I met you for the first time, were you weren't you working Me? at the Improv, Rachel? 
Yeah, I started as, um, well, I started, I, I got a job, I forget what year it was because it was so long ago, uh-huh. um, doing marketing for Levity. Yeah. I started at their, in the corporate office and then I was there for like a year. Were you already doing stand-up? No. Uh. Um, I was, that's when I started my memes account. Mm-hmm. So I started writing basically, I was writing a year at least before I started actually doing stand up and performing. And then, um, after I stopped working at levity, I started working at the improv cause I wanted to do stand up. Yeah. And so that's when I started bartending there. I got it. Uh, Rita let me bartend. <laughs> I was the worst bartender. Um, and uh, like, I, literally I'm like going to ask the other bartender how to make a Manhattan. Like I had no business bartending, but Rita was I feel like kind. that's a lot of comedy clubs. Bartenders are just either comedy comedians or comedian adjacent. And they like, I mean, they make pre-made margarita mix before and just pour that out. And like, they don't like, I've heard, I've heard orders people like, Hey, can you make a grasshopper? And they go, is that like a shot of whiskey? What is that? You know, like. <laughs> I remember some guy came in and wanted a, uh, what was it? A, it was like the seven o'clock show and he wanted a Mai Tai or a bloody, something that you would drink during the day on a tropical island. And I'm mm-hmm. like, do you know where you are yeah. right now? You're in a dungeon. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, like, yeah, I, w- I would say the best drinks at a comedy club are either the beer or mm-hmm. or just like something like with in ice yeah something straight the mixed drinks are like iffy sometimes yeah no no, <laughs> no i would not order a mixed drink from what is it they have the sex or what is every improv club the sex on the beat they have like, like a, a long island like iced a play tea. on it's like a play on one of the comedy yeah a joke comedians. on a beach or whatever yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> all the comedy clubs do that so yeah it's really it's really funny when the menu's funny <laughs> i i laugh you know sometimes the menu is funnier than you and you're like i should just quit you know? you sometimes get i get up on business. stage and i read i read the menu on stage <laughs> and i crush I wanted to touch on... It's true. (laughs) It is true, though. (laughs) Uh, I wanted to touch on you, because you started uh, doing stand-up quite recently, and um, I I feel like you uh, took to it so so naturally. Uh, And I I got to... Yeah, I got to watch you, at least for a little bit, little snippets of you, but your your joke writing is so clear, and um, it uh, it resonates with... uh, resonates with me and resonates with other people. People, your, your experience is so clear. And maybe that makes me think that masters in communication was like you know there's i don't know i feel like i see that kind of thing translating through your stand-up thank you Stuart. that's a very um college counselor response and <laughs> i wish i could i wish that my mom could hear that right now we'll send, um, the, we'll send the audio over uh, that that validation thank you um just this whole podcast we'll we'll make her subscribe too because we need that as we'll well. send it to yeah. her we'll yeah. send it to her um Uh, Well, you know, it's crazy because I started about four years ago. I mean, if you don't count this year, I guess it would it would be like three and a half years of of stand up where I started and didn't stop. Like Mm -hmm. I just Mm -hmm. uh, every day made it my life Mm -hmm. and I really took to it because the grind, the grind, well, it was so I, I hate to say it, but it was so validating for me. That's to, good. Yeah. yeah. To start doing stand up and, and also just the challenge of um, learning 
what is funny and what makes people laugh yeah. and how sometimes to... different things and sometimes not at all. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean like, like there's a lot of funny things that don't make audiences laugh. Unlike right. these menus. Yes. Um, and I just completely fell in love with the art form Yeah. and became so obsessed. Like I just want to learn everything about it. And I've had really great opportunities at, with um, like some of my mentors and getting to go on the road with them. And um, it's, it seems as though everything that I, that happened in my life kind of prepared me to get into this community <laughs> of misfits. Yeah. Oh God. So. We're just an Island of broken toys, you know? <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, Mitzi would say, but yeah, it feels, yeah. It, I love it. it. It seems super, it seems supernatural for you. You know, you like, Art comedians so effed up, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. And yes. And, yeah. uh, no, I, I think, I think we just are good at finding what is funny about how fucked up we are. Mm. Cause you gotta laugh. Everyone is, you know, as you get older, you realize how fucked up everyone is. You like gotta even laugh. your own family. Yeah. And the people that you look, like some of the people that I look up to the most are some of them so so fucked up and complicated, you know, human beings. Um, and I've always just used humor as a way to cope with like all the fucked upness, you know, because I I grew up in a very strict family and my parents were very serious and on. And I think that I was that that awkwardness that balanced out, you know, the seriousness because I just couldn't fit into like being so serious all the time. Mm-hmm. You're a kid, you know. Did you have siblings? I have a sister. She's five years younger. Is she serious? She's very serious. She's a prosecutor. Whoa. So, yeah, she works in the same office as my dad, and she's like by far the youngest person by at least twenty years. Whoa. Wow. You know. How'd so, you get that job? <laughs> Sorry. You don't know. <laughs> uh, you don't know whose dick she had to suck. No, um, she she worked. Oh God, she worked. <laughs> I always knew lawyers were scummy. No, no. Um, she she worked very hard to uh, prove herself. You know, but um, it's uh, I would I would that's just not a job that I. You know, people would always ask me, mm-hmm. "Do you want to be a lawyer like your parents?" And I was like, "No, <laughs> I'm good." Yeah. I'm not miserable. I mean, I am, but I want to laugh about it. I can't tell you how much I resonate with that because <laughs> I, I mean, I have a younger brother who's kind of, I don't think, I don't think he's a terribly serious person, but he is going down that path. He's, we're about a similar age difference and my parents are super serious and like, I, I, I've definitely, tri- I don't think Drummy's that serious, do you? Uh, yeah, so my brother's name is Drummond and I don't think he is that serious. He just, ha- that's like such a serious name. Is he a lawyer? Cause you have to be a lawyer with, no, with he's a like Drummond. a hippie. No. He's got like, he, he, he flings the bee, he hucks the bee and he like, he goes <laughs> rock climbing and stuff. He's, yeah, he is, um, he, he did he's have crunchy very, granola, baby. He did have a very crunchy granola look for a while and now he's, uh, he works at a bank. Uh, so like he's, he, he works at a bank now. Yeah, he does. <laughs> what happened? Damn. I mean, he's, you know, he's just trying to make it work as a, as a young person. He's trying to make some money during this pandemic and I can't, is he still in Ohio? He is in Ohio. Yeah. Oh, uh, a is bank. that where you're born and raised? No, right? uh, that's where his okay. girlfriend's from. And so he wants to be with her and oh, that makes yeah. Sense. So I, but I, I, I feel like I, I've just seen so many parallels right now, and um, you know, Luke isn't your brother's about the same age difference too. 
Yeah, he is younger. What does your than brother do? He he is an arborist. He 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 fixes trees. trees. Yeah, that's so cool. He, yeah. Wow. We look, it's very interesting how we look, you and Drummond kind of look similar, yeah. but me and my brother look, we get mixed up for each other all the time. It is uncanny. Yeah. It's a, uh, <laughs> me too. My sister and I look a lot alike too. That's amazing. It's weird how that happens genetically. Yeah. You know? It's like, there. you know, you have two dice rolls. You could, you could get anything pretty much. Could have gone either <laughs> yeah. way. And, um, yeah, I, I've definitely tried butting my head against the wall of like, taking on a serious job and like i can be serious and i've been told i'm I'm, i I appear very serious but like you are very serious especially on stage yeah but i could not possibly engage in like doing a serious burned (laughs) i couldn't engage in being like a like a sit down desk job i feel like i would just like i could not you know like let a meeting go without like trying to lighten it up even a little bit there i think Every desk job I ever had but one I got fired from because I just, they like, I just, they were, you were like, too I can't kooky. Hide. Well, they, it, I was way too quirky for corporate and I kind of made my own rules. You know how they have that thing where you show up at uh, um, a, like you have to be at your desk at a certain time. I think it's called a schedule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, <laughs> I treated it as an option, not a requirement. And, yeah. um, yeah. Also, you know, the whole culture with jobs, I, I can't think it's like just exclusively to LA, but it's, it's like joining a cult because they want the job to be your whole life. Yeah. And it's like, I just, I know like there's, I don't, my passion isn't to be your forever receptionist, you know, like, and yeah. then if you don't, I would get, and if you're too good at the job, they'll never yeah. promote you. Exactly. Oh my so God. It's just like, yeah. Corporate. I was really bad at corporate America. Yeah. Uh, and now you, in addition to being a comedian, you're um, a cannabis advocate and um, I don't... I, don't say the I word. Don't say the I word. I, I don't know what the I word is, so I'm not... Okay. I, I was just going to... No, no, no. I, I, I like that you said advocate. Yeah, I wasn't really sure what the... what you would describe what you do as, but I feel Inventor? like advocate or activist. It, it, sh- sh- uh, it rhymes with schminfluencer. Oh. And I'm not a schminfluencer. Oh. Okay. Um, I reject that term wholeheartedly, but okay. as an, I am But an you advocate. would like to have people follow your... Comedy. <laughs> your pattern. I'm a comedy influencer. Oh, okay. Oh, and wow. So now you I, are an influencer. All of a of sudden. comedy. <laughs> she, she's, she spreads her schminfluence uh, around on uh, the schmoshal schmedias. Yeah. It, it's true. I, I, um, I started studying cannabis as a social movement in college. I was very interested in it. Um, like from an advocacy standpoint and also you know I just realized when I started smoking how much it made me feel better and I I just really enjoy consuming it it's good um, it is good weed yeah. is tight and <laughs> yes. weed I, slaps weed, it still hits <laughs> weed, weed slaps hard yeah um, it hits when you hit it <laughs> exactly wow. and what I an just uh, I moved to LA before it became legal mm. and I wanted to be a part of the industry, so I started working as a bud tender before it became legal, and then I was a bud tender after, so I got to see the whole transition and also what the culture, the the weed culture in LA was like before it became so corporate. It barely exists now. It's very, it's much more. Um, there, 
the culture is almost gone. Like I'm sure you guys have been in a dispensary before mm-hmm. it became legal and there was like dab bars in the back and giant jars of weed and yeah. like the guy behind the a counter speakeasy was sort of vibe yeah totally and that's what we grew up seeing i think on and now TV. it's mcdonald's right it's like the apple store basically yeah yeah it really feels like that and it's not even cool like everyone's a weed influencer and like i always you know i knew that all every good comedian all the co- good comedians not all good but like you know we all have smoked weed. Eighty percent of them. Eighty percent of um, comedians smoke weed. You know, the other twenty so percent, they're not funny. It's not. It's not like a unique thing to be a, a comedian that's passionate about weed. And I recognize that now more than ever. It's more just like this is what I became an advocate for. It's not. And in fact, if you listen to a lot of my stand-up, most of my stand-up is not even about weed. And I think that's something that people would be su- possibly surprised to hear if they haven't seen me do stand-up before. But just look at my social media presence perhaps. My dad still calls it dope. How do I uh, beat him up? Well, basically you gotta sit him down and and ask first if he's a cop because that's a code word. Mm -hmm. He could be an undercover. Yeah, um, that I mean that would be a really long con to have raised me and then watched me smoke for years and smoked with me a few, like several times and then be like, okay, we've gathered enough evidence. You're going down. Surprise! Yeah. I work for the DEA. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. We got a we got a Rico on Luke. <laughs> yes, I raised yeah I raised someone to go to jail. Yeah. for my own rap sheet. Anyway, that's not the right term. Yeah. Um, what's easier, being a bud tender or a bartender? I gotta assume bud. Oh, being a bud tender. I mean, they're both. They both have their highs and lows. Wow. Um, <laughs> Guys, she did it. She did it. But um, the thing that I liked the most about bud tending was you get to. Well, at least bartending in a comedy club, you can't really talk a lot with the customers, you know, because everyone is supposed to be paying attention to the comedian, at least the bar that I worked at in the lab. It was in the When it's room. in the showroom, definitely. You yeah. can't yeah. really develop that relationship and, and develop that regulars unless you're working the main bar. But with bud tending, you develop a relationship with the customers and they, um, they come to you to, there's some, you know, it's similar and it's different, but um, I liked, I think, being a bud tender a little bit. I liked them both. I well, you don't have honest. you don't have to mix strains for someone. No one's coming right. in and be like, "I want I want a a my high." Yeah, a my mm-hmm. high. I like a that high one. tie. That was a good one. A high tie. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or a Bud Light. Oh wow. Uh, <laughs> whoa. Damn. Yeah. I like how you leaned in for effect on that I one. I had to. You were so proud to. of that. <laughs> I had to. <laughs> I, did, I did Rachel's podcast uh, two years or something like that ago. It was a long time ago, yeah. yeah. And um, I, I have imbibed, uh, you know, as my dad would say, the dope, uh, quite, you know, pretty much daily. And uh, we smoked a blunt before. It's a, it's a weed-themed podcast, right? Yeah. It was, mm-hmm. kind of. And yes. I, got, I got so... High and unfunny. I felt so stupid <laughs> oh. on the no, whole no. record. Well, well, the podcast, I mean, you were perfect, Luke. You were perfect as you were. Well, yeah, of course. Um, but uh, it, it's not even, I, I, it's not that I stopped doing it. I, um, I just did a one season of it for now and then, you know, the COVID hit or whatever. Yeah. But it's mainly about um, more of a mental health uh, right, com- that's right. Conversation. So, you know, um, it doesn't matter 
what form you were in. And I, I feel like people especially feel the pressure to come to, to have to come on and be funny. And, and you don't have to do that. You're funny as you are. You True. Know? I am. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, I like having those serious conversations with comedians because naturally they're going to find the funny in their darkest moments, Yeah, you know? So, Aren't yeah. comedians so effed up in the head? <laughs> <laughs> I I wanted to see what how you feel about where weed is because I, I keep hearing these things about like you know like you were alluding to about weed becoming this um, very corporate um, industry now that it's legal and I think in some ways that's what some people who are advocating for weed were hoping for is like okay you know if you want if you make it legal you can tax it maybe this can help pay you know get more funding to schools and all sorts of other things so where is the what fight is there now on behalf of weed whoa um, good the, question thanks great question Stuart. wow um, <laughs> that well, was one there's... of your better ones that was awesome <laughs> oh, thanks Luke. yeah that was um that's a great question so the fight for cannabis and why I still, you know, I'm heavy on the advocacy and, and people give me shit a lot, you know, like, oh, you know, all, all she talks about is weed or whatever. And there's a purpose behind that because um, the fight is still not over for legalization and decriminalization. Like the whole country, you know, we're the United States, but only, you know, certain states are legal. So how does that even make sense? Yeah, and totally. um, so basically, you know, we want it to be legal or decriminalized across the country and or the world in fact and then the people who are unfairly still being locked up especially people of color in high rates mm -hmm. for um you know possession consumption of of weed and it's and the fight isn't over until every last person it um it, is their records are expunged for that or and then people are not getting locked up and and that we're creating opportunities for people to work grow and consume cannabis and those opportunities are extended especially to people of color because they're the ones who um are the the ones who are most at risk for um ending up going to disproportionately jail targeted yeah yeah so I mean, the fight is just not over. And also, um, a lot of people don't realize, like, it's people of color and the LGBTQ community who really initially gave us the first um, steps towards having access and clean medicine. Mm -hmm. and, and so that's why, from a social movement perspective, it is a social justice issue. Yeah. Um, and it is... It, and it also, you know, across political lines, Democrats and Republicans like to consume and um, participate in cannabis. So um, that's why my advocacy is still so strong, because the work is not done. Wow, that was a great question and a wonderful answer. That was that yeah. was like some good podcasting, you guys. What the <laughs> hell is going on? Right. Uh, I think like it's 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 a good thing to be like if people are complaining about you talk about it all the time, like at least it's. People talk about Star Wars all the time, and that's their personality. Totally. So, like, at least this is real and helping people, and you know, like, right? And, you know, and I, people like to say, like, "Oh, weed is my personality," and one that just shows you—you you really don't know me as a person. It, it's just an extension of my personality, yeah. and sure, um, you know, I just. I don't really, you know, it's like coming from a guy who plays video games all day. Yeah. Like you, you know yes, what I mean? Exactly. Like video games are your personality and it's, it doesn't matter. You yeah. Know? People come to me all the time. They say, Luke, you're so handsome and smart and right. funny, <laughs> but they don't know 
I'm also cool you. as hell. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm multifaceted. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and I'm smart and humble and smart. So, ca- coming from, yeah, coming from like a law family, like a law oriented family, do you have. A law family. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you have uh, people in law that you work with or that you might be connected to, you know, because of maybe people your family knows that are helping you? or people you know in that fight to like expunge people's records and uh, commute sentences and things like that? Um, well, my no one in my immediate family has any uh, power over that, right. per se. Um, the advocacy that I do is purely on my own. Um, totally. There's certain groups that I either work with or have donated or... Um, uh, you know, that, you know, that I participate in there. Um, there's this really cool former Senator in Nevada that I adore. His name is Tick Seagerbloom and they call him Toke. Okay. That's yeah. his nickname. Yeah. Ah, because um, of oh, taking hits of weed. Right. Yes. <laughs> um, Very so, cool. Uh, these are people that I look up to and respect. And, and my hope is that I get to a certain point um, where I'm able to do more with giving back because that's what's important to me is um, I, I, I know I can do uh, my part now, but my goal is to get to a point where I can actually make some real change and influence, use that influence yeah. to actually make real change and not just uh, post pictures of me smoking weed, <laughs> you know? But, I mean, yeah, I think I think you are... The, the those kinds of posts I think do kind of like normalize that like mm-hmm. this is something that yeah anyone they influence can do. people I yeah think. It, it it you know lets it lets people know that you know there's other ways to live if this is not your norm mm-hmm. you know I grew up in the Bay Area so there's not you know weed is just part of the air quality up there right you know it's like <laughs> it's like sourdough salt you know urine and sour and diesel that's like yeah I love that yeah yeah, yeah so there's um. I you know you know I grew up in a place where it was super normalized you know my parents were like come on don't that was like their big really like, yeah they're like come on don't do it and then I was you're like in, you grew up in Southern California in L A I'm very yeah. cool yeah yeah but where so like where are there... do you smoke with your parents or your sister or anyone that are they don't well my sister um, they don't allegedly they don't consume. Okay. No, uh, no, not with the family, no. Okay. Yeah. But my mom does love her CBD gummies. Oh, yeah. Mom, wow. Moms love the CBD. Yeah, totally. Because, like, you know, as, as we get older, we all just start to ache for reasons we didn't believe were possible. And it's, like, it's totally. really helpful. <laughs> it's super mm-hmm. helpful. Yeah. Yeah, the gummies are, uh, are, not, are a good thing for the parents. They seem to they go for gummies. Oh, yeah. It's completely improved our relationship. Yeah. That's nice. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. What do you think yeah. is like the the next step to like a way for the country or even like individual states to like normalize or um, in, legalize in, in, integrate weed into the culture integrate that feels weed. like pretty reasonable? Well, I think um, it's kind of happening before our eyes. Yeah. We're seeing state places like Oklahoma and New Jersey and. Um, I think Michigan, I mean, Michigan's been for a while, but we're starting to see other places move east that are starting to legalize. Um, And, 
you know, back when I was posting pictures of me consuming, this was at a time when it wasn't legal, even in California. And these images helped, you know, at the time, I think, normalize um, consumption and the whole plant. Uh, the best way to, you know, create change is to start a movement. And that's why whenever I get questions of like, oh, I live in, you know, Indiana mm-hmm. and how do I get involved? And I say, start a normal chapter, which is National Organization for Reform Marijuana Laws. And like, you can create a chapter in your own state, mm-hmm. um, in your own town. And it's really, that's where change starts. Is a gra- It's a grassroots effort. That's yeah, what we're literally. seeing w- with, truly, with, um, you know, uh, people going out and vote, getting, you know, exercising their right to vote this year in this election or people really just want change and they're starting to see that the only way we can make that happen is if we show up and there's power in numbers. So, um, you know, you gotta be the change you want, you you wish to see is, Mm -hmm. and that's really like Gandhi said that, but it truly is, or I think Gandhi or whatever, but Mm -hmm. that's really, um, that's really what it takes. You got to put it into action. You know? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. the joke for a long time was that you know marijuana activists were too high or stoned to get together and put something together, but that doesn't seem to be uh, the case anymore. I've I've noticed that more and more people. I, I I would not say the gummies that I have here in my room are uh, terribly helpful for me being productive, but I mean, it seems to be that like that's not the case anymore. No, you know that was uh, you know propaganda from. Yeah the war on drugs and that whole era. And we're finding that I think it affects uh, people quite the opposite, depending on who you are. I mean, cannabis affects people differently. Everything affects, you know, different people and whatnot. We're, we're starting to see, you know, what's happening is like, you're looking, look at what's happening in Oregon. I mean, they just legalized or decriminalized all drugs essentially. And Wild, like, right? now <laughs> we're seeing, we're seeing mushrooms. Like mm-hmm. I'm trying to transition to be a mushroom influencer. Um, but I, uh, it, it looks less cool when you, when you're eating caps and stems and yeah. stuff than it does when it's smoke is like artistically Truly. picturesque, like escaping the Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. We're still trying to find exhaled. a way to, to mark market the, the new mushroom. Just huge pupils. Happening. I don't know how to, <laughs> <laughs> those look like smoke rings. Like those. I have, yeah. I, I have a buddy or uh, I, I, a former boss who was like, he's like a good old boy and was microdosing mushrooms. And he goes, changed my life, made me happier. I'm better. Mm-hmm. Like all the time. I don't take any of like heart, like hard drugs, pharmaceutical hard, which are hard drugs Mm -hmm. to like for your body to digest and like, and to move. Yeah. But he, he takes a little bit of mushrooms every day and he's like a happier guy. It's wild. Yeah. There's a shift that's happening. And I think people are really starting to see how important it is to actually take care of ourselves and, and put self care as a Mm -hmm. um, priority in our lives. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, and you get to be cool as hell. <laughs> it's it's never uh, never gonna hurt to someone. <laughs> to someone, yeah. Um, do you feel like there's to any the th- right people? <laughs> do you feel like there's anything that is like, um, that could be like? Is, are there any like pitfalls of all this? Like, of the of this movement? Like, is there anything that's really like, you know, like keep that's like dragging this movement through the mud or anything like that? 
I, I'm tr- I can't think of any, um, but like besides my the, dad calling it dope. Yeah, or ma- or maybe <laughs> it be, it's become a little corporate. Like, I mean, uh, you know, with legalization, people try. You know, a lot of people in who were in the cannabis community before legalization tried to warn us of you know what essentially would happen with, um, you know, it passing and what we may lose and what we have lost are a lot of really good growers and companies that just couldn't secure the funding and have literally given their whole lives um, to this plant but weren't able to make it um, financially to legalization. So we've lost a lot of great people. We have you know, lost a part of the culture we have, um, you know, the black market may or may not be thriving. You know, there's always going to be a black market. But what we have gained is access and clean medicine. And, um, you know, those are things that are important to people. It is a medicine first and foremost. Um, And that, I guess, you know, with any new industry, there's going to be setbacks, there's going to be disappointments. So it's, as with time and things go on and as it evolves, it's going to get better. Yeah. It has to, yeah. you know? So, um, the, we're, what we're witnessing is just the, you know, the few, the, the first few years past prohibition, right? you yeah. know, think about, think about what those years must've been like with alcohol. Those first few years, mm-hmm. you know, there was probably a lot of car accidents and, <laughs> and, yeah. and the- like, uh, domestic violence. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Weed is not really tied to car accidents or domestic violence, is it? Right. But on, <laughs> on, but to, but, but with, with, you know, with weed, there's going to be, um, hiccups and things that we don't like and things that may initially have a, a negative, you know, but with time it evens yeah. out. Yeah. I, the thing with alcohol too, is that it is traditionally like, I know, I know there's tradition in marijuana, but like, Wow, I can't believe I said marijuana like that. That um, was so lame. Officer Schwartz. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're under arrest for being uh, lit. And uh, that that's another old word. Um, <laughs> I just think, but like people were, I mean, it was like a couple years of prohibition. You know what I mean? It wasn't like 70 mm-hmm. or 100 years that it's been like for marijuana. God, I said it again. I just couldn't help myself. I can't believe you said that. Mary Jane. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's fine. Doobies. Doobie, doobie snacks, you know. And what, what, Shaggy and Scooby were high all the time, weren't they? Yes, Oh, gosh, that normalized it for me. I could solve a mystery of the missing Scooby snacks. I mean, I saw that picture that the Comedy Store posted on Instagram the other day of Cheech and Chong on stage. Is that at the Comedy Store? I don't know, I don't from, know the like, picture. From, like, back... It's like them on stage. I think they're just like smoking or something. And I think it possibly, maybe it was from then. I mean, like that, that, that time of like the sixties and the Mm seventies, you know, there was a lot of content. I mean, there was, there was a lot of content that was Mm -hmm. cannabis up in smoke, Cheech and Chong. Stoner hippie stuff. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fast times, baby. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So uh, what's keeping you... What's keeping you hopeful these days, whether it's marijuana or comedy or anything related? Like, what's what's keeping you excited and uh, positive? Well, um, obviously, all that stuff you just mentioned. Um, I'm still working. Like, I am working on a project right now. 
I can't talk about it, but I am working and I'm grateful to be working. That's awesome. Um, so I, I'm very lucky in that aspect. It's, um, you know, and, and just the fact that the, the, the few shows that I've been able to do this year, um, still being able to get up on stage and, and having people who want to take me on the road and, um, just little moments like that, you know, my boyfriend, I adopted a cat. It's an emotional support animal. Hell yeah. <laughs> I, have, I have something I have to take care of. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and just the fact that stand-up is going to come back and, um, you know, and I'll get to do what I, I love the most again. So that, that, you know, that'll be good. Yeah. But other than that, I mainly want to kill myself. <laughs> that slaps. Yeah. That's, that's awesome, Rachel. Um, thank you. This has been lovely, Rachel. And I'm, I'm glad. Thank you for having yeah, me. Yeah, and uh, thank mm-hmm. you for uh, enlightening me about the... Uh, Plug those social medias. Yeah. This is the end of the podcast, and you did great. Yeah, where can, where can oh. people so find you? so did I. Thanks, my two dads. Um, <laughs> so people... People can find me on the gram if you guys are still on the Instagram. I have. It used to be uh, a gram for twenty, but yeah, no, now well, it still kind of is. Yeah. Um, that that they should have a when Instagram dies, someone should come up with a weed company called Instagram. Yeah, you know? it, it, right to your door. Yes. Uh, so I have two accounts. If you like weed stuff, you can follow me at Wolfie Memes. If you like more comedy then follow me at Wolfie Comedy, and that's Instagram, Twitter. I'm on the TikTok now. I'm embarrassed. And, <laughs> I'm glad you um, are embarrassed. Yeah, I, mean. I truly, I'm just preparing for initially when one of these apps goes to the MySpace graveyard, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. um, that I'll have like several other ways that Poor Tom. people can stalk me. <laughs> Tom is fine. Tom is on some island, you know, doing cocaine poor, poor, off poor a stripper. Tom. Riding dolphins, like Tom is good. We, pray, poor, we feel bad for us. Tom. Yeah. So you guys are awesome. Yeah. I miss seeing your faces. Yeah, likewise. Um, and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll see each other in real life soon. Yeah, likewise. Uh, and mm-hmm. thanks so much for being on the show. Um, well, uh, and hopefully- thanks for listening. What the fuckers? Yeah, and go start yeah, a normal branch uh, wherever you are. Yeah, if you're into that. Normal without the a. Yeah. Very cool. Which is abnormal. No RML. Yeah. Alrighty. That was good. Uh, we'll see you all again all soon. Right. Bye. Bye.